Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to First Timothy. Before we pray once again. First Timothy chapter one. And verse 5. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. We're going to pray. Further that the purpose of your word it will be fulfilled in our lives today in the name of Jesus that our hearts would be transformed knowing your goodness and reflecting your goodness father that your conscience you will once again cleanse you will make it bright and Lord that our faith it will be found sincere in your sight in the name of Jesus. Have your way in our hearts and our minds, O Lord God. Father, may your words, O Lord God, may your words penetrate into every heart and bring meditations that are pleasing to your sight in the name of Jesus. We thank you once again, Father, for this time that you are giving us, O Lord God. Father, you are God of all, the Lord over all, and you know the hearts and minds of all. Lord God, address the hearts and minds of each of us today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. For it's in Jesus' mighty name that we've asked and we have prayed. Amen and amen. Give your neighbor a warm welcome. I shake hand. Tell him I am the candidate of that surprise. I am the candidate of that surprise. You know, my brother was exhorting us that God will surprise. Amen. Amen. And you might have felt surprised when you saw a clip over there. My brother was saying it was a clip. No, it was not a clip. That was the only thing that was there to be shown. Our technical team was protesting there, saying, No, 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 there is no clip. There is only the image. So the video, you will see it when you come here in Jesus' name on Monday. And you shall see your victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, our pastor, Pastor Francis, was uh, leading us the other day on, on the first Friday about back to Bethel. Right? And I want us to go back to the back to Bethel series once again. Okay, I shouldn't be there. I come back here. Uh, so we are going to go back uh, on June. The Lord had led me to take a series back to Bethel, a call to fellowship. And that was part one. And pastor completed part four. So we are going to go to the next parts in between ones. Amen. And by God's grace, the Lord shall speak and minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title for today's exhortation is From Bethel to Bethel, Obstacles to Fellowship. Obstacles to Fellowship, the call of Haran. The call of Haran. Now if you remember, when Jacob was called to Bethel or from Bethel, God did three things over there. He renewed his revelation he reassured Jacob of his presence. He said, Jacob, wherever you go, I will be with you and I will bring you back to the land. Right? And he reaffirmed his covenant to Jacob. Okay? Now, for Jacob in that time, that which was distant, it became present for him. The God who was a far off God, the God who was the God of his ancestors, suddenly he became somebody tangible to him. 
He said, this is no other place than the house of God. God is here and I didn't know. Right? And then, that which he feared or that of whom he was very afraid, now he started having reverence towards this God during that that encounter that he had, the first encounter that he has with him in Bethel. And then we also notice the pillow that he used, that he used to lay down his head on. I'm talking from Genesis chapter 27, sorry, 28. We are not reading there, I'm just giving us an introduction. I'm talking from Genesis 28, verses 16 onwards I'm talking about, right? So that which was a pillar, which was a pillow to him, became a pillar. It became precious to him. And then, pastor was leading us a few weeks back, and we saw when God calls Jacob again to Bethel, there are some changes that happens in him. There are some changes that happens to his household. A man who went with the revelation of God into Haran, now when he's called back from Haran, we find a lot of things that doesn't line up with what he had seen. We see that idols had crept into his household. We see that his household had become impure because Jacob says in uh, Genesis 34, 35, where God says to him, where God says to, I mean, Jacob says to his family, from verse 2, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves, and change your garments. So you see the foreign gods had crept in. You see the household had become impure. And then, the identity of his household had changed to become like the surroundings. And that is why pastor was reminding us that Jacob said, change your garments because you are looking more like the world. Right? So the question is, how did Jacob, who had a reassurance from God, who had a reaffirmation of God's covenant with him, who had God's presence assured, how did these things creep into Jacob's household? How did these things creep into Jacob's household? How did his household become impure? And how did his, the identity of his household become murky? Now, it ties a lot with our theme for this year. What is this year? Year of? I can't hear you. Fellowship. So it has a lot to do with the fellowship or the lack of fellowship that Jacob had. And we will look at why was Jacob's fellowship suffering? Why was Jacob's fellowship suffering. Right. So let's see what Jacob took with him to Haran. What did Jacob take with him to Haran? He carried something into Haran. Right. In Hosea 12, verse 12. Hosea 12, verse 12. You may please open your Bibles and open your eyelids. And open your hearts. Amen. Hosea 12 verse 12. The Bible says Jacob fled to the country of Syria. Israel served for a spouse. And for a wife he tended sheep. Now that's a summary of Jacob's life in Haran. But look at how he goes there. It says he fled to Syria. Now when he fled he carried something. One, the assurance of his mother. Let's go to Genesis 27. Brother Lyndon, can you read for me? Genesis 27, 
verse 43. Now, then the son, then my son, mm. do what I say. Mm -hmm. Flee at once to my brother's Laban in Haran. Okay, continue brother. 44. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subside. Okay, verse 45. When your brother is no longer angry with you mm -hmm. and forgets what you did to him, mm. I'll send word for you to come back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Right. I will send and bring you from there. That is the assurance Rebekah gives to Jacob. You see, Jacob was fleeing because of what? Because he had taken away both the blessing and the birthright, right? The inheritance. He had taken both and he was fleeing and his mother was telling you, go there, I will bring you back, right? And look at what else he carried. He carried the blessing of the father of Isaac. Look at Genesis 28, verse 2 to 4. Genesis 28, verse 2 to 4. Arise, go to Padan Aram, mm. the house of Bethuel, my mother's father, and take yourself a wife there of, a daughter, of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, Amen. that you may be an assembly of my of peoples and give you a blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants with you that you may inherit the land notice that part that you may inherit the land in which you are stranger a mm -hmm. stranger which God gave to Abraham right so, let's pause there you see the father was affirming and turning Jacob's attention to the inheritance over there. While the mother was worried about the security of the son, the father was ensuring that the son goes in line with the destiny that God has for him. Fathers, that's what God demands from us and God implores us to do, to speak the destiny of God over our children. Amen? And look at what God does. Genesis 28 verse 13. Genesis 28 and verse 13. What does God say? And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, mm -hmm. I am the Lord God of Abraham your father mm -hmm. and the God of Isaac in the land which, I, which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Yes, now he confirms the place of inheritance. What the father pointed to, God confirms. When you speak the blessing of God over your children, God confirms it. And that is how, in fact, children learn to fear God. That is how the fear of God can be imparted. When you speak the will of God to your children, God reinforces that into their hearts and minds. And look at what God says next after that. Also your descendants shall be mm -hmm. as the dust of the earth. Yes. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east. Yes. Did not Jacob say, God make you fruitful and multiply you? See what God is saying there. Yeah. Continue, brother. To the north and to the south, mm -hmm. and in you and in your seed, mm. all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right. And verse 15. Behold, I am with you and, mm. with, and will keep you wherever you go. Right. And I will bring you back into this land, mm. for which I, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Amen. Remember what Rebecca said, I will bring you back. Right. But after this, you don't see her. The Bible becomes silent about Rebecca. But you see, God says, I will bring you back. 
when men fail in their word or men are not found to fulfill their word, God is still able to fulfill his word over your life. Amen. Amen. That's how faithful God is. So mothers, don't be worried when you send your children away as long as the fathers have blessed them. Amen. And the Lord shall bless our children in Jesus' name. That wherever they go, that God will enable them to fulfill their purpose just as he has promised us in the promise of this week that they will fulfill their purposes in Jesus' name. Amen. So what did God, what did Jacob go with? He went with these assurances. But enter Haran. What happens to Jacob? You see that he becomes somebody else over there. He meets Laban over there, right? Now that's not our drink Laban, but this is the more demanding Laban that we see over there. He's not a cool guy. He's somebody who can make Jacob slog, right? But how does he do that? He uses something over there. And let's turn to Genesis 29, verse 14. How does Jacob lose connection or how does the, the inheritance get obscured in Jacob's eyes? That he was supposed to be in Haran for a few days. Now see what happens in 29 verse 14. And Laban said unto him, mm -hmm. Surely you have my bone and my flesh. Mm. And he stayed with him for a month. Surely you are my bone and flesh. We are one. Mm. And then what happens? He stays for a month. Then look at what happens. Verse 15, he asks a question over there, a very interesting question. Then Laban said unto Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Yes. Continue. And tell me, what should your wages be? For should you serve me for nothing? Come on, you are here, you are doing something. Can I not give you something for what you are doing? And that kind of triggers something in Jacob. Look at what Jacob asks, verse 18. Now Jacob loved Rachel, mm -hmm. so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your mm. younger daughter. See, few months, few days becomes a month, and then he says, seven years, but he's very specific. I want your younger daughter, Rebecca, for which I will serve for seven years. Obviously, he had to pay the bride price. So he said, listen, I want to marry your younger daughter. The bride price is, I will serve for seven years. And what does Laban say? And he said, it is better that I give her to you than mm. I should give her to another man. Yes. Stay with me. Yes. Stay with me. Now, the, I'll fast forward the story. It feels like a few days for Jacob, right? Uh, we remember our courtship, me and my wife, right? It, it looked as if it was a few days for the long wait that we had to have. But then, that's how sometimes love blinds eyes. It takes the pressure of everything else over, right? And for him, it seemed like a few days of waiting. But what happens to Laban? What does he offer? What does he bring to the table? If you go down... I will not, we will not read that portion. He gives Leah on the day of marriage. And those days there were no lights in the night. So Jacob does not recognize whom he gets married to. And in the morning the Bible says, what a, what a humor it is there. And behold, it was Leah. <laughs> right? And then Jacob asks Laban something. Let's go there. Verse 21, no, 24, 23. No, sorry, fast forward, let's go into the, let's go to 25. So it came to pass in the morning that behold, it was Leah. And he said unto Laban, mm. what is this that you have done to me? Mm. Why is not, why it is not for Rachel that I served you? Mm. Why then have you deceived me? Continue, brother. And Levan said, said, it must be done so in our country, 
to give the younger before the firstborn hmm. fulfill her weeks for we for we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me until another 7 years look at that i will give her this one also in one week's time i'll give you this uh, rachel but then seven more years you see he deceives to detain him back so that he doesn't go he doesn't go to the place of fellowship or to the place of his inheritance instead he is detained seven more years tell me what is your wages okay rachel okay fine an attachment comes along seven more years deception does not creep in does not jump on you suddenly it creeps in it creeps in now for jacob it was his love for rachel i'm not saying his love for rachel was wrong but that is what triggered the deception what is it for you and i that can trigger deception you see jesus says when he says in the parable of sowers sower deceitfulness of riches deceitfulness of riches riches are good but then there is a deceit that comes in through riches which can sometimes detain us let's turn to mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 22 mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 22 it talks about the rich young ruler right we know that story he's not a scale he's a ruler okay you are awake you got it right rich young ruler story over there i will read from verse 17 now as he was going out on the road one came running knelt before him and asked him good teacher what shall i do that i may inherit eternal life was it a wrong question or a right question right question right what are the do's that i should do to look at what he also looks for inheritance i want to inherit eternal life so what are the do's lord and what does he say so jesus said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is god you know the commandments now you he says the commandments over there it it looks as if it's a juxtaposed order of commandments do not commit adultery do not murder do not steal do not bear false witness do not defraud honor your father and your mother and look at what this man says verse 20 and he answered and said to him teacher all these things i have kept from my friday school right i have kept from my youth then jesus looked at him loved him and said to him one thing tell your neighbor one thing don't tell with one eye tell with both eyes some of you are sleeping one thing one thing you lack go your way sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me verse 22 but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions remember the one who came excited to jesus kneeling down worshiping him when he hears the word he goes back sad wasn't he doing everything right now if you look at what jesus summarizes the commandment what does the lord say about the commandments in matthew 30 22 Matthew 22 was 37 Matthew 22 was 37 Jesus said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and great commandment and look at verse 39 and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments 
hang all the law and the prophets. Now, if you go back to Exodus 20, where God lists out the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments, that is what is, you shall, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other gods before me, and it talks about Sabbath and everything. But Jesus does not mention this to the rich young ruler. He mentions the next six, which is related to loving the neighbor as yourself. Now, the ruler feels that he has kept the whole law. Because when we are studying Galatians 5 verse 14, what does it say? How many of us are studying Galatians in our cell? Galatians 5 verse 14, let's go. What does it say? For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, his horizontal fellowship, he felt that was doing fine, but when God tugs his heart, he sees that for his vertical fellowship, there is something that has crept in and is demanding his attention. It is detaining him, and that is riches. His possessions. And that is why God says to him, listen, go sell it. Go sell it. Give the money to poor. Don't put it in your account. right? Give the money to the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. That is where he found it difficult. We all want to follow Jesus. How many of us want to follow Jesus? Right? And how many of us want the cross to take it up and then follow? I see one hand. The Lord shall help us to keep our hands up for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was what was found difficult because that had crept in and that was deceiving him, thinking that he was right with God. But when God searches his heart, he finds, no, 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 listen, there is something that is crowding your heart that is choking the word from entering and you feel that you are all right. Deal with that. Come follow me and you will have riches in the right place. That's what the Lord says to him. And you shall have riches in the right place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That is what deception of riches can do. And that is what can take us away from the place of fellowship. Haran brought a deception to Jacob. There was another deception. If it was of possessions, it was also of lack. Now, it's not just possessions. It can be sometimes our needs that can deceive us that the enemy can use to demand. Let's, let's go back to Laban. What does he do? Genesis 30, verse 27. After 14 years of serving Laban, now Joseph is born, and Jacob realizes that his time is over. His contract is finished, and now he can go. So he goes to Jacob. He goes to Laban. In verse 27. And Laban said to him, Please stay. If Genesis I have... 30, 26, 26, brother, sorry. 26. Okay, give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you. Mm -hmm. and let me go, mm. for you know my service which I have done for you. Yes. Continue. And Laban said unto him, mm. Please stay, mm. if I have found favor in your eyes, mm -hmm. for I have learned my experience by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Now, in some translation it says, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed you, which means that Laban could see how God was with Jacob, but Jacob could not see it. Some of us are in that state where we think God has forsaken us, whereas God is just waiting for us to Make one turn. And that's it. He's there. Amen. Continue, continue, my brother. Verse 27. And Levan said, please stay. Mm. And 28. Then he said, name me your wages. Ah, look at that again. Name me your wages. 
and i will give it and jacob doesn't learn what does he say so jacob said unto him mm. you know how i have served you yes. and how your livestock have been with me yes for what you had before mm. i came was little mm-hmm. and it has increased a great amount mm. the lord has blessed you since my coming that jacob laban will say i know that very well more than you right but look at what jacob asks next and now when i shall when i also provide for my own house and now so when shall i also provide for my own house 14 years laban i paid bride price for you and i have been busy these wives have kept me busy all the time your sheep have kept me busy all the time i was supposed to be a man of tent but i am never in my tent i am always in the field tending your flock and i have nothing to go back with what will i do so now laban he gives a solution along with that and look at verse 31 onwards laban he, asks and he said what shall i give you mm-hmm. and jacob said you shall not give me anything if you will do this one thing for me i will again feed and keep your flock mm-hmm. let me pass through all your flock today removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats and these shall be my wages let's pause there what does La- jacob offer over there listen laban among all your goats sheep and flock the colored ones the spotted ones the speckled ones the brown ones the streaked ones i will take them the clear ones belong to you so that later when there is uh an identification to be done this will be known as mine that will be known as yours i will take care of both and laban says very good but he does something over there what does he do verse 35 verse 35 so he removed that day that was not jacob that was laban what was he doing there he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted mm-hmm. all the female goats that were speckled and spotted mm-hmm. every one that had some white in it and all the brown ones among the lambs mm. and gave them into the hands of his sons yes look at that he removed the whole source of the agreement and he took it away and now he's telling jacob serve let me see how the spotted ones come out how the speckled one comes out because the male and the female i have removed now let me see you slog again that is the next deception now what does that deception do it keeps jacob continuously working for another 6 years look at how he charges laban in genesis 31 verse 38 genesis 31 was 38 how laban deceives to keep on demanding from jacob these 20 years yes. i have been with you mm. and ewes and your female goats mm. have also have not miscarried their young mm-hmm. and i have not eaten the rams of your flock yes he's like saying i am not like the zomato delivery man yeah. that when he brings the delivery i eat it no i have kept myself clean in all the work that i have done continue that which was torn by beast and i i did not bring to you mm-hmm. i bore the loss of it yes you required from from my hand whether stolen by day or stolen by night verse 40 there i was in the day and drought consumed me and the frost by night and my sleep departed from my eyes yes verse 41 thus i have been in your house 20 years mm-hmm. and i have served you 14 years for mm. your two daughters and 6 years for your flock and you have changed my wages 10 times yes you have changed my wages 10 times that doesn't mean he had a two year contract where he changed his wages no 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 in those 6 years remember the agreement that J- jacob had with laban if the speckled one comes it will be for me right but Laban starts changing those terms. If you look at verse 7 of Genesis 31, verse 8 or let's read from 7. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages 10 times. 
Verse 8, if he said thus, the speckle shall be your wages. And second part of verse 8, and if he said thus, the streaked shall be your wages. You see, he keeps changing the demands. One time, he will say, let the, let the speckled ones be your wages, Jacob, not the streaked one, not the brown ones. The next time, so he keeps changing his word and Jacob is dancing to every tune and every term of Laban's word. And what is he doing in the process? Detained and being demanded, being deceived. See, lack can put that kind of pressure. Let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 32. Second Chronicles, quickly, chapter 32 and verse 9. After this, Seneskreb, king of Assyria, sent his servants to Jerusalem. Yes. But he said, but he and all the forces with him Mm -hmm. lay siege at Lachish and yes. to Hezekiah king of Judah and to Judea and who were in Jerusalem saying mm. this is Seneskreb the king of Assyria mm -hmm. in, what you, in what do you trust that you remain under the siege in Jerusalem remember Sennacherib was going to attack Jerusalem he had laid a siege around Jerusalem cut off all supplies there was lack in Jerusalem and now he's calling the people out to come out against Hezekiah to rebel against him and see how he's putting his words over there Verse, continue my brother does not Hezekiah pursue you Mm. To give yourselves over to die with by famine and by thirst. Saying, yes. The Lord your God will deliver us from the hand of kings of Assyria. He's telling, is not Hezekiah giving you false promises? That God is not going to deliver. Look at the next verse. As, do you not know mm. that what I what I and my fathers have done to all the people of other lands, mm. where the gods of other of the nations and those lands and in ways, in way able to deliver their land out of my hand. Yes, let's pause there. Verse 15. Now therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you to like, like this. And do not believe him. For no God in any nation or kingdom uh, is able to deliver his people from my hand mm. or the hand of my father's. Hmm. How much less your God will deliver you from my hand? You see what the lack was trying to do to diminish the perspective of who God is. To deceive them into not believing in God. Look how they degrade. Go to the last verse of that. Verse 19. Verse 18. I will read. Then they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew. Remember, these guys are Assyrians. They are talking to them in a language that they can understand. They called out with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were in the wall, on the wall, to frighten and to trouble them that they might take the city. And they spoke against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. Lack can cause deceive us it can cause to deceive us to make God small if you remember Don Moen's song I have made you too small in my eyes oh Lord forgive me I'm not going to sing more than that but that's what lack does it starts diminishing our perspective of God it deceives us into running away from him and finding our own solutions the Lord shall deliver us in Jesus' name. Amen. So this was what Laban was doing. He was diminishing the perspective of God. He was detaining Jacob from the place of fellowship. Now there is another factor. The Esau factor. The fear of Esau. That also impacts Jacob in Haran. Let's go to Genesis 32 verse 1. 
So Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. Yes. When to when uh, Jacob saw that he, them he said this is God's camp uh -huh. and he called the name of that place Mahaniam. Yes, let's pause there. Fast forward Jacob leaves Laban, he flees from Laban. Laban overtakes him, God stops him, God intervenes and tells Laban you cannot do anything to Jacob and they make a pact. Jacob moves forward but he has to face Esau. Now before he faces Esau, look at what he encounters. He encounters angels of God. Right? And what does he say? He says, oh wow, I've seen angels of God. This is Mahanem. But he doesn't ask anything from those angels. Instead, what does he do? Look at verse 3. Then Jacob sent messengers mm. before him to Esau, his brother, and the land of Sir, mm. and the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. Yes. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my lord that I have find that I may find favor in your sight. Yes. Now Jacob has multiplied. We will come to that reason later. But look at Jacob's focus. He misses angels over there. Remember, angels were powerful. At those times, they remember Lot. How was he delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah? It was the angels who took them out. Angels were available here. Let's go to Hebrews 1 verse 14. What are angels? Are they not all they not ministering all spirits, spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? He missed the help of ministering spirits. Instead, he was sending some things to Laban to say, I want peace with you. Please don't harm me. There was a fear in Jacob that was enslaving him. If there was Laban that was trying to detain him, here was Esau's fear that was enslaving him. All this after having known the assurance and the promise of God, who said, I will be with you wherever you go, and I will bring you back. But Jacob said, no, no, I have other things that I can also use to keep me. Right? Now, let's go back. Genesis 32, verse 9. Jacob prays there. Right? Genesis 32, verse 9, and I will read. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. Look at his next prayer. I am not worthy of the least of all mercies and of all truth which you have shown to your servant, which is true for all of us. For I crossed over this Jordan by staff, and now I have come, I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come attack me. And, is it mothers or mother? Look at his preference over there. And the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for a multitude. Let's pause there. You see his prayer over there? Such a desperate, beautiful prayer reminding God of his promises. But you know, as much as he made that appeal, I don't think he believed that appeal that much. Look at how he seeks to appease. Look at the next word in verse 13. So he lodged there that same night mm. and took and came to the hand and took what came to the hand as the present to Esau, his brother. 
took whatever came to his hand. Look at his desperation. Whatever comes, he's taking and he's saying, let me give this as a present to Esau. Let me appease him so that he doesn't become angry with me. Look at verse 20. The second part of verse 20, what does Jacob say? For he said, mm. I will appease him with the presents that go before me and afterwards I will, I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. You see, what fear does, it clouds us from the promises of God. It makes the challenges seem more real than the promises of God, than even the presence of God. Why do I say that? Look at Genesis 33, 32 verse 30. This is after Jacob encounters God, he wrestles with God, and he names, again he's good at naming places. He named one place Mahanaim, now he names another, verse 30. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel. Mm. For I have, been, I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Note that. I have seen God face to face. My life is preserved. I am not yet dead. And let's look at verse 1 of Genesis 33. Now Jacob lifted his eyes and looked. And there he saw Esau coming. Esau was coming. Mm. And with him 400 men. Yes. So he... Let's pause there. Now you see, he divides such that he puts Leah front and Rachel in the back and he goes ahead. Look at how his attachment to Rachel is still so much. He prays for her. He doesn't pray for Leah. Right? And he keeps Rachel backward. He goes front. Look at how he goes. Verse 3. Then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times. Until he came near to his brother. Remember, look at, can you picture that scene? A man running, bowing himself seven times. Now this is not a 30 year old youth. This guy must be around 90 years of age. He's going to meet his brother and he's bowing himself down seven times so that there is an appeasement. The man who wrestled with God bows before men. Fear can enslave you and I unless it is entrusted to the hands of God. These are what keeps Jacob back from returning to the place of fellowship. This is where idol starts creeping in. We don't see it on the surface. But you see the effects on Jacob's household. What are the effects on Jacob's household? If you see, throughout his entire stay in Haran, no altar is built. You, you search through the scriptures, you will never find Jacob building an altar in Haran. Just as Abraham could not build an altar in Egypt. When he was busy... It affected his altar. That tells us something. When we get too busy, it affects the place where God introspects us. Genesis 31 verse 10. And it happened... At the time when the flocks conceived, that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream, mm. and behold, the rams which leaped upon the flock with sticked, speckled, and gray spotted. Yes. Then the angel of God spoke to me and said in a dream, saying, mm. Jacob. And I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes now and see. All the rams which leap in the flock are strict speckled and gray spotted for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you and I am the Lord of Bethel which, where you anointed the pillars and where you made a vow to me now arise go out of this land and return to the land of your family yes even after this he doesn't build an altar when God encounters him in Bethel he builds an altar there but here, he still doesn't. He goes back. He has, what else? He has limited say in the destiny of his children. 
during all those times, right? If you look at Genesis 29 and 30, it was the women who were busy naming the children, right? Leah names all the children. Then you see Rachel naming the children. But Jacob does not have a say in the name of the children. Which means to say that he had a limited say over shaping the destiny of the children. Our pastor and I were discussing the other day. Name, when you name a child, you are pronouncing something into the life of that child. And here, Jacob did not even have time to pronounce something over the destiny of his children. He does that later when Benjamin is born. When, when Rachel dying names her Benoni, that is when Jacob wakes up and says, no, 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 he's not Benoni, he's not a son of pain. He's a son of strength, Benjamin, Ben, son of my right hand. That is when Jacob gets reformed. And later, towards the end, he starts blessing each of the children. He makes amends. He blesses each of them with his blessing. Right? So it's never late for us fathers to get back to the place of altar. Amen? He is also unaware of the idols that creep into his household. We see that in Genesis 31 verse 32. I'm not reading that. Rachel steals idols from Laban's house and Jacob does not know it. The most loved wife does something and the husband is unaware. I'm looking at my wife. Right? Partiality towards Rebecca. Now that becomes a seed. You know where it finds its effect on? The brothers start hating Joseph. It becomes a seed for the brothers to conspire against Joseph. You see, all these things happen when Jacob's altar is distorted. And when he is deceived from going back to the place where God wants him to be. Now what does God do? If Jacob fails all these places, what does God do? God is not silent. Amen? We saw the promise of last week. May the God of Israel defend you. Psalm 20 we read today also. May the God of Jacob defend you. How does the God of Jacob defend Look at Genesis 30, we just read that. Verses 7 to 9, when Laban says your, spot, your, your flock shall be speckled, Jacob has speckled flock. When Laban says your, your, your flock shall be streaked, Jacob has streaked flocks to give. Which means whatever Laban was trying to hold back, God was able to supply to Jacob. Remember, Laban had taken the whole set of flock that they could not, he could not produce. Now he tries his own industrious method. I am not going there today. But he tries his own method. He, he makes some streaks, makes the animals mate over there and all that. But that is not his way. That was God's assurance. Look, you will see flocks that are speckled, streaked and spotted. That is God's assurance that no matter what man withdraws from you, I am able to provide for you, Jacob. That's a word for someone. Hallelujah. Don't let lack cloud your mind into running for things instead of running to God. God is saying, I am able to provide. I provided for your father. I provided for your great-grandfather. And I am still able. Amen. God ensures reconciliation. Both with Laban. Remember what he goes and says to Laban. He says, Laban, shoo, you will not speak anything that is evil against Jacob. You shall neither speak good nor bad against Jacob. Which means to say, the accusing tongue shall stop in your mouth itself. Otherwise, you will not find it again. And that's how Jacob goes and confronts. This is what God does. And he also abates the anger of Esau. If you remember, Esau says, let my father's day of mourning be over. 
then I will go and kill this guy. Right? But if you see, Isaac never dies. He stays for a long time. It is later when Jacob returns that Isaac is buried. Isaac dies a long time. He had cataract for a long time. Right? So this is what God is able to do. And in all this, he is still patient with Jacob. The God who encounters him still is patient. We will see that in the next time when we meet again on this topic, how God is patient. So then, if that is the case, how do you and I overcome such obstacles? Obstacles of fear, obstacles of lack, obstacles of deception. How can you and I overcome that? Look at Ephesians 5 verse 10. If our desires deceive us, what should we do? Discern our desires. Ephesians 5 verse 10. Find out what is acceptable to yes. the Lord. Find out what is acceptable to God. Verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what, is the, what the will of the Lord is. Yes, you not only find out, but also understand what God's will is. You and I will have many desires, but in that is God's will embedded in it. Is God's will for it. For that, you, you and I go, need to go to our altars and seek God's face. Seek God's word. Find out and understand. Next thing what we should do. Instead of being a mediator to the flesh, be a meditator of the word. Galatians 6 verse 8 says, If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you will reap eternal life. Many a times we start mediating with our flesh. We start sowing something to our flesh. And then we start saying this, that, this, that, because of this, because of that. But instead, we meditate. We feed the spirit with the word of God. What else can you and I do? In my lack, know the good shepherd. You see, Laban was being Jacob's shepherd in his lack. He was demanding and he was conducting Jacob how he should work. But God says, I am the good shepherd. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. shepherd. I, I shall, shall not, not lack. I shall not want. And then, God uses our lack to shepherd us. Same Psalm 23. He is our shepherd. It is not our lack that shepherds us or deceives us into someone's servitude, but it is God who guides us through our lack. And in your fears, what do you do? What do I do in my fear? You see, all through the Bible, every time fear creeps in, what does God tell to his people? Do not be afraid. And what do people do? Still fear. Right? He says, do not fear. I am with you. I am with you. Which means my presence is with you. Which means when fear comes, what do you and I need to do? Seek the presence of God. Psalm 16 verse 8. And we will close. Psalm 16 verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord Fridays before me. Is that what the Bible says? No. I have set the Lord always, always before, before me. Because he is at my right hand, I, I shall not be moved. When fear tries to distort our perspective, set God before you. Which means go behind God. Amen. And the Lord shall help us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. Obstacle to fellowship. What are the obstacles, brethren, that you are facing? From what you have heard from brother, Jacob faced many obstacles. Served for 14 years. Today, the question is for you, what caused obstacle in your life? What caused obstacle of de- deception 
in your life. He was, Jacob was deceived twice, but he was focused. Whatever the obstacle that you are facing in life, brethren, be focused. Deception keep working. It keep working. It keeps changing. When you are thinking, okay, you have gone through the first stage, it will change. Brothers and sisters, don't allow the obstacle of fear to take you away from the assignment that God has given you. Don't allow the obstacle of fear to lead you to lose focus. Don't allow the obstacle of fear to take the fellowship away from you. Brother said, whenever there is obstacle, what do you do? You come close to God. Let us be on our feet. Isaiah 57 verse 14, the last part say, remove the obstacle out of the way of my people. That is my prayer for you this, this afternoon. God will remove every obstacle out of your way in the mighty name of Jesus. But you need to pray. For this obstacle to be removed, you need to handle them over to God. You hand them, handle them over to God. So you are going to pray. Father, I hand, I hand over all the battles of my life to you today. I don't know what obstacle that you are facing that have not allowed you to fellowship, that have not allowed you to go back to your own battle. Commit it unto God. Hand, hand it over to God that, Lord, I hand over all the obstacles of my life to you today. Begin to tell God what type of obstacle that you are facing. Whatever be the obstacle that God should remove it. Every mountain, mountain of obstacle before you, pray unto God that God Almighty, let those mountains be leveled in the mighty name of Jesus. Let this power of the Holy Spirit fill your heart. Let it fill your life that every source of obstacle in your life shall be leveled in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray this afternoon that whatever the obstacle that the brethren they are facing, every obstacle that have not allowed them to achieve that goal to fellowship in the way that you have destined them to fellowship, Father, let the obstacle be removed by fire of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of deception that keep coming their way, every spirit of deception that keep coming, becoming obstacle along their way, Father, let them be removed in the mighty name of Jesus. We decree and declare with the mighty name of God that God Almighty, the Spirit of God, shall remove every obstacle in your way in the mighty name of Jesus. Every mountain standing before you that have not allowed you to reach the goal that God Almighty has given up to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we decree that the power of God shall level them in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father, for the message that we have heard this afternoon. We thank you for the source of this message. Bless brother, bless him. The source of that wisdom shall never dry up in his life in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for him that you continue to anoint him more so that you can, we can hear more from him in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless him, bless sister, bless the children, bless the mama that are with them in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless the work of his hand. Give him peace concerning his job in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for each and every one of you that God Almighty will continue to visit you in the mighty name of Jesus. Once again, every obstacle along your path, the Spirit of God shall remove them in the mighty name of Jesus. If they gather in one, they will scatter in seven, in seven ways in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. Lord, this month is going to an end. Father, we pray, Almighty God, our program on Monday, take charge and take control in the mighty name of Jesus. As the choir will be ministering to us, the purpose of that program, let it be fulfilled in Jesus' name. The people that we are inviting, Father, let them be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. And as you step to the embarment, 
the new thing shall begin in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. You shall be remembered for good in Jesus' name. For the rest of the year, as we go to the end of the year, that God Almighty shall never depart from you in the mighty name of Jesus. Our program for this year, for the remaining part of the year, God shall take control and remove every obstacle in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. As you go into this week, the peace of God is going along with you in Jesus' name. You shall receive the favor of God in the mighty name of Jesus. The protection of God shall be over you in Jesus' name. And we remember, brethren, that have traveled, they shall return safely in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let us share the grace together in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Do have a wonderful week in Jesus' name.